Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to each and every one of you. I think this is the third episode of the Shill Show. Might be the fourth. I don't know. I don't really keep track of that. Pro YouTuber, by the way. Um, hashtag, I guess. So I have a, a an interesting show uh, for all of you tonight. One that I originally... Some of the topics here I didn't want to discuss. I, I, I didn't think it was necessary. I didn't really care to. And then over the weekend, I... I received so many DMs from so many people that had run-ins with what I would call the cult of Twitter uh, that I felt, what good is it to have a platform when you're not at least going to use that platform to some extent for some good? Uh, and you know, hopefully at least, um, you know, exposing how the this cult operates, exposing how this cult gets their victims... Uh, will make people feel a little bit better about being targeted by this group and also make them realize that this group is just incredibly evil in in how they in in how they operate so we're we're going to be talking about quite a few things now in the run up to this I'll give you guys a little bit of backstory I have some DMs that I will expose uh, but not as many as I would have wanted to, and mainly because a lot of people that DM'd me begged me not to reveal who they are. Uh, these are people that have either had run-ins with these people, and these people made their lives hell, uh, and so they don't want to go through it again. Uh, a lot of DMs were from people who are in the RP community, and so for them... They don't want to cause problems with this group because it will ultimately mean that they will be kicked out of the RP community as a result of this. It's also a little telling that, that a lot of these mind viruses take place within the RP community uh, because there are some people that, that seem to forget that gaming and real life isn't the same thing. It, it You know, things can happen in video games that have no traction to the uh, to the real world. Uh, you know, for example, if you go around killing thousands of orcs in World of Warcraft, you're not suddenly a mass murderer, right? <laughs> it's orcs in World of Warcraft. Uh, it's not real people. <laughs> but, you know, the, these people, some of them, not all. There are genuinely very many RP people that I know that are incredible people that just really enjoy engrossing themselves into the world on a very 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 personal level and that is true rp has its quirks uh, and it's definitely those of us standing on the outside sort of looking in uh it's definitely a weird community i won't lie to you yes i i feel the same way but i also listening to how people speak about it over the weekend i've had a number of interesting conversations with rpers and all of them basically it's interesting how personalized the game becomes for them, how deeply they enjoy the game, the, the lore, the stories that they create within the game. So I have a ton of respect for you guys, even though I don't always understand you guys. But for this individual group, I have very little time, purely because they have ruined so many people's lives as a result of this. So I wasn't going to make this video, because um, personally, I'm a bit of a contrarian. Uh, for those of you that still haven't figured that out, uh, I like throwing grenades into crowds of people, metaphorically, of course, not in real life. I, that would be too much effort for me. Um, 
but I like sort of lobbing a grenade into a crowded room and then watch the whole room sort of devolve into chaos and then just stand back and kind of go, but lol. <laughs> I kind of like that, right? It's, it's, it is my personality. It's something that I've done since I was a very little child. Uh, people got very angry at me at family gatherings and stuff like that because I would consistently say something, even if I don't believe it. So I would, I would do this quite often. I would say something completely outrageous that I don't even believe myself, but I know that that thing is going to cause a lot of outrage, right? And then I'll just do that and then just see people have a fucking meltdown as a result of that. So, you know, I don't mind it myself when I get attacked because some people just don't know um, and some people just can't take a joke. But when I see bullies, I, I take that very personally. I hate bullies. I can't stand them especially when they gang up on people. And what I hate more is a bully that cries victim as soon as anyone claps back, which this group really did. And that that is really what sparked my ire in the first place. So, okay, let me take you guys on a, on a tale, a journey. Sit back, please, because this is going to take a bit. Last week, late last week, I see a tweet on my timeline. I can't show you guys the tweet because... The guy blocked me, and so did all of his cult followers. So I, and I didn't think I needed to show you, but you can go check it out. It's all on my timeline. So literally just go onto Twitter, check my timeline. You'll see the tweets there. It's from an, a man by the name of Zen Iron Keg, right? Uh, the tweet pops up on my timeline, and it's this weird format. It's not a retweet. No, no, it's a screenshot of a tweet. And the screenshot specifically is of a retweet from Soul So Breezy of a WoW hit post. So this was back last year somewhere, or when did Explore Kalimdor came out? I think it was like last year where all those sort of stories about racist tropes and Explore Kalimdor and all the rest came out, right? Where people thought it was racist that the trolls can't speak or read Elvish for some reason. But... Um, this came out, and wow, it had this whole post about how this right, how these racist tropes are in this explore Kalimdor. And Solso Breezy retweeted this and said, Now I really have to read this book, lol. Now, any reasonable human being, and I believe myself to be fairly reasonable, would read his tweet like a YouTuber would. Wow, I really need to see if this book really is full of racist tropes, or is this just taken out of context? Especially when you know Soul So Breezy. I don't think Soul So Breezy has ever had a controversial take in his life. He's not someone that really engrosses himself into controversy, and I definitely don't think that he is a racist, right? So I tweet, I retweet this guy's tweet where he's basically calling Soul a racist and the way he does it is also just so incredibly uh i, I would say uh, what's the word i'm looking for it's cowardly it's like a proper coward's way of doing it i'm trying to see if i can if i maybe have a screenshot of the original tweet for you guys um but it was yeah it, it was it was quite annoying uh, the love of all things good and holy. Um, why would this not just open with pictures? What's going on? 
All right, for some reason, this thing doesn't want to open now. Uh, I'll have to go through it again and figure this out. But okay, I'll try and recall it as best I can. So there, uh, just to show you guys that I'm not actually lying. Uh, here's the page. I, I took screenshots of this mainly because I can't really go off of the DMs because the DMs would expose who leaked this to me. And obviously they asked not to be exposed. So I had to sort of make this up, but for some reason it won't open in pictures, even though it should. I'm not sure why it isn't. It's a JP, a PNG and a JPG file, but never mind. Okay, so uh, I'll try and recall it. It's all on my timeline. I haven't deleted anything. You can check my Twitter timeline if you don't, if you want to. But okay, so the tweet from this guy, he first and foremost, he screenshots Soul's post. So in other words, Soul would have no idea that this is happening. Unless, of course, someone tagged Sol, which I did. So, obviously. Um, but he doesn't say that Sol... There's no discussion about whether or not Sol is a racist. It's a foregone conclusion, the way he tweets this. He claims that he can't believe he is almost befuddled that Sol got away with the bigotry and racism just so casually expressed in his tweet. Like, how did that even happen? How did Sol just get away with this? So I tweeted and I said, I, I, I genuinely can't believe that anyone would think Sol is a fucking racist. Like, where? So I have this back and forth with this Zen Iron Keg for a, a, a short while. It wasn't the longest of conversations. He sort of tapped out fairly quickly. But then came his completely deluded followers, um, of which there are many. Uh, and they started to really jump into this. I'm just on my timeline now trying to find... Because they're, they're all blocked me, so I can't even show you guys the posts. Um, every single one of them had blocked me at this point already. Because they have two plans of attack. There's two ways in which they attack people. Uh, number one is... Um, they hope to push you completely into uh, into submission, right? So they hope that their initial attack will completely punch you into submission. If it does not, they turn it around and they start claiming victim, right? So if you push back, if you clap back at any point, they claim victim. So this is the guy. It's called Zen Iron Cake, right? Now, I've been informed since then that this Zane Iron Keg and his followers are actually banned by quite a few people and blocked by quite a few people, and that this is a tactic that they employ quite often, uh, this sort of mass attack. But they do it very, very, very cleverly. Uh, it's not so much... So they, they make use of a number of, of stealth tactics to ensure that they can plan their attacks and everyone can attack, but should they claim victim, no one will know because most of the conversations take place in the Twitter inner circle part of uh, of their pages. So it's not open to the vast majority of their followers, which is why I got a bunch of DMs from randoms asking me why I, I told my followers to attack a black man on Twitter and why I told my followers to be racist towards a black man on Twitter. I, I Looking at this guy's name, how the fuck am I supposed to know this guy is black? I have no idea what this guy is. I know he's not Zane. 
It's the only thing I do know for a fact. There's nothing zen about this guy. He's a fucking psycho. But never mind that, right? Um, <clears throat> so uh, I want to try and find just the original, um, like the start of all this for you guys. Uh, I was really hoping that those fucking tweet, the, those, these would work because I actually did screenshot all of this for you guys, but since it won't open. Um, okay, here's the original tweet that I sent. There's plenty of things me and Sol disagree on, but to think he's a racist, you must be a moron to even begin to think that. Then again, the Twitter Puritans will twist anything into a grievance. It's 2023, everything is racist, everything is problematic, and you're a fuckwit. Yeah, I, I got a couple of shots in there. Sue me, right? I felt like at least, you know, punching back a little bit, because, you know, this guy was genuinely trying to go out of his way to not ask Salsa Breezy whether or not he's a racist, but to claim that he is a racist and it is already a foregone conclusion, which makes it incredibly disingenuous, because how do you defend yourself from this? There's no accusation. It's already been proven. You are a racist. There's nothing you can do now. We have to talk about how you're going to do better. And I kid you not, that is what one of his followers said. Now, sadly, it's one of these other blocked fucks uh, that I don't know. Uh, I can't remember their name, but again, you can go on my timeline and you can go check it for yourself. Uh, I'm pretty sure if you want to know exactly who it is, you can follow that conversation. It's this person. So in this post, right, uh, that I sent to whoever this is, the retweet here, uh, it's to this person. So this person specifically then joined the, the conversation and accused me of sending my viewers to attack Zen and to threaten his pets. That was the accusation that was launched to me. After they saw that I would not back down and that I, I didn't really care for all the labels that they were throwing at me, they then said that I had sent my followers to attack Zen Iron Cake. To which I obviously replied, what the fuck are you talking about? In our entire, this is the person. Here you go. So it's called Dark K-Pop Valera. This is the, the person that effectively claimed that I had sent my followers to attack Zen Iron Cake. You can go through my entire timeline. There is zero evidence of me actually doing that. Like absolutely zero evidence of me doing that. So, obviously, I, I disputed it. I was like, no, I didn't do that, right? Uh, I, my, I don't think my followers have ever harassed anyone. And I want to be clear about this. I have people from every walk of life in my community. I have gay people. I have straight people. I have trans people. I have people from literally every race in the world. I don't think anyone has ever been made to feel outright unwelcome in my community, I don't think anyone in my community actually genuinely gives a shit uh, who you are or what you look like. As long as you're here and you're fun and you know how to joke and take a joke, you're welcome to be here. We, we don't mind you at all. We don't care. But this is their evidence. So this guy, th this is what's quote tweeted at me. Well, it's not retweeted. It's, it's screenshotted and then sing to me as the evidence, this message from this person. Evis43963 at 
AEV4 not 30461. This seems very real to me. I'm so far convinced that this is an actual human being. Uh, and they wrote to the Zainayan keg, someone is going to skin that thing alive if you don't stop your woke crying, you BLM cocksucker. All right, that's, that's the tweet. Now, this was not even in response to the conversation that I was a part of. This was in response to a picture that Zayn Ayankeg had sent about his cat or some bullshit. Uh, so, clear, you know, I, I genuinely don't, I'm not sure how they could have gone to the, gotten to the point where I am involved. So, originally, I genuinely have nothing to say about this because it does kind of take the wind out of my sails, right? If this is one of my followers that wrote this, it's a despicable thing to write. It achieves nothing. You're not furthering any position. You're not pushing any position. You're not convincing anyone. You're just being a dickhead. Why would you write something like this? But anyway, so I kind of, I'm over it, right? At this point, I start playing League of Legends. And in the middle of my ARAM, this thought creeps into my mind. And something just tells me, go check out that account. Just go make sure that this is, in fact, one of your followers. Just just go check it out. I'm like, okay, fine. So after the game, I, I log back into Twitter. And now I have the distinct displeasure of not being able to just click on the name because they didn't retweet this and just tag me in the retweet. No, no, they screenshotted this. So I had to go and I actually had to type in Evis43963. Nothing comes up. So then I have to type in the at. So I have to type in AEV4 not 30461. This brings up the post, right? The profile. Something immediately struck me about this profile. The profile was created in March 2023. So a month ago, right? At the time of this happening, a month ago. It follows one person and it has zero followers of its own. It also has no tweets, no likes, no dislikes, nothing, nothing on this account. It's an entirely empty account. This is the only tweet, reply tweet, that this account has. Just this. That's it. There's nothing else. It also, funny enough, follows Elon Musk. And instantly, my mind's like, this is a plant. This was planted. It's not real. They couldn't find the evidence of me sending my people to attack anyone because I didn't. And because I believe that most of my community are adult enough to think for themselves. And most of my community, surprise, surprise, don't really care about Twitter drama that much. So they wouldn't give a fuck. Anyways, with that now falling apart, with me basically calling them out and saying, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the tactics of the unhinged, used as a gotcha to call out my community, but clearly a bot account created last month with literally one reply tweet to help them prove their point. Absolutely despicable people. Um, they replied saying it was one of my followers that created the bot account to happened to make the tweet that proves their allegation, right? So it wasn't just a, it, 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 it's somehow, right? My, one of my followers was stupid enough to make a bot account to literally prove their one point that they couldn't prove themselves. Um, 
And you'll notice also that the accusation came very close to the tweet being made. So, you know, just an interesting little tidbit there for most of you. Um, this was planted, in my opinion. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe it is one of my followers, but I don't think it is. I, I think that this is exactly how this be these people operate. They make shit up. And there's a good reason for it. Before I get into the things that these people do and the way in which they operate, I need to explain to you where this comes from. Now, they get very angry when you do this, um, probably for good reason, because these people have no ability to draw similarities between different things. In their mind, something either is or it isn't. So I need to take you guys back about four or 500 years ago um, to the birth of the Anglican Church. And shortly after the creation of the Anglican Church, a man by the name of um, John Calvin starts a movement. This movement would eventually perpetrate some of the most evil things uh, you have ever seen. But the movement itself was called the Puritan Movement. Now, the Puritan Movement is a lot of things, and it would take more than a single podcast to actually explain what the Puritan Movement is and all of the things that it encapsulates. But the Puritan Movement effectively disagrees with the Anglican Church on a number of things. They agree on some things, but on a number of things, they think the, the Anglican Church isn't separating itself far enough from the Catholic Church and that more should be done. Now, the Puritans have a very interesting belief, uh, like a very interesting foundation from which all else sprouts. In modern day Christianity, uh, the belief is that the way you live, right, um, determines whether or not you go to hell or heaven. So if you live a good life and you're a good person, you will go to heaven. If you live a bad life, you're go you'll go to hell. The Puritans don't believe this. The Puritans believe that you are born either going to heaven or going to hell. So it is completely predetermined where you go to. Nothing you do on earth can change that. Now, there are other religions at the time that believe something very similarly. So you are born either going to heaven or to hell. But those religions sort of go by the idea that you can do whatever the hell you want on earth because it doesn't matter. You are predestined to go to heaven or hell. The Puritans say no. Someone who is born destined to go to heaven will live as if they are destined to go to heaven. In other words, they will not have any sin. Now, you, anyone with half an IQ will realize how dangerous this becomes. So in other words, if you are destined to go to heaven, you will live without sin. If you are destined to go to hell, you will have sin. Now, of course, human beings have always been able to come up with serious justifications as to what encapsulates sin, right? Uh, as you can imagine. But anyways, the Puritans much later on in their history, uh, especially in America, but also very much in Europe and in the UK, would eventually become, I guess, more well-known for the witch trials. And very much their central core belief system is what ultimately led to the witch trials, you see, because if you are born predetermined to go to heaven, you will not be a witch. If you are born predetermined to go to hell, you could be a witch. 
right? But how do you know? Well, one of their things was kind of situated in one nowadays would call a little bit wacky. So, for example, you could never miss church. Um, you, you could never get drunk. You could never do a, a whole slew of things, right? And all of these rules had to be adhered to at all times unless, of course, you, you become a witch and become burnt. So, you know, uh, the stakes were pretty high to really stay in your fucking lane. But they started to run into some pretty serious problems because... Well, according to them, and I'm skipping over a lot of history here because this is not actually a video about the Puritans, even though that would be a crazy cool video to make because a lot of people don't actually know the history of the Puritans that well. But I'm skipping over a lot of things here. But they eventually started running into a problem because, well, sometimes the devil lies, right? The devil isn't always just plain evil. Sometimes the devil pretends to be a good person. So what do we do now? How do we catch the witches that are pretending to be good people? Well, remember, the, the starting point of this religion is that you are either going to heaven or going to hell, and nothing you do can change that. So they come up with a pretty interesting justification for wanting to burn witches. They say that if you are accused of witchcraft, you must be a witch. Firstly, God would never allow for his children to be accused of witchcraft. God would not allow that. But more importantly, if you accuse someone of witchcraft, you cannot be a witch. Because witches would not accuse on themselves. Right? A witch would not accuse another witch of being a witch. The devil would never work against himself. Right? Um, so as you can imagine, this is just a recipe for absolute disaster. Because what it turns into is sons and daughters turning their own mothers over to the inquisitions because the only way for you to claim your purity is by accusing others of being impure this is the only way you can save yourself now of course this cult let's call them on twitter they hate when you call them puritans because in their minds they're not religious they're not burning witches so therefore, they can't be Puritans. But what they don't seem to understand is that similarities work for a reason. There's a reason we can look at two very different concepts, draw similarities between them and say, oh, this is the same as this. So let's start with it. The Puritans have a fundamental worldview from which all else sprouts to be true. So do this cult. This cult believes that you are either a, a racist or you are not a racist and if you go through their conversations if you go through their accusations this is literally every single time you are either a nazi or you are not a nazi but how do you know when you are not a nazi how can you prove that you are not a nazi well by accusing others of being a, a nazi obviously nazis would not accuse nazis of being nazis that would be nuts Right? That's never going to happen. Don't even think like that, right? And so it becomes exactly that. I have to accuse everyone else of being impure because I myself am pure. And the only way to prove that I am pure is by accusing everyone else of being impure. 
Now, I have seen a number of DMs over the course of this weekend from people that used to be friends with Iron Keg and his, and his cult that had a single disagreement and had their... <laughs> they were hounded out of the Twitter community. And every single time this happened, Zen Iron Keg, if there was ever any clapback, Zen Iron Keg would claim victimhood. He would claim that these people just don't want to leave him alone and they just keep attacking him and he doesn't understand why can't they just live their lives? This is such a small thing. But then in the behind the scenes in a feature on Twitter called Twitter Inner Circle, he would fan the flames of his followers, of his cult to keep attacking, to keep attacking. I had people from his cult tell me that I should die. Literally, on his own posts, there are people saying, you know, my stance on this, enough talking, let's kill them all. Now, you want to talk about being attacked? I would say that is attack, right? But apparently I'm the one that sent my people to go bully him. He claims the victim, even though his inner circle conversations shows that he is spurring his followers on. So in his inner circle... He causes the shit. Publicly, he claims victim status. I just want to be done with this. Leave me alone. Why won't people leave me alone? And then behind the scenes, go, 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 go. Let's fuck, let's fuck him up. There are so many people showed me the DMs of stuff that had happened to them and to people that they like and people that they used to be friends with. And what's even more bonkers about this group is their inability their absolute inability to function within truth. This is the most bonkers part of this entire community. They don't require evidence. The people that follow these people do not require evidence. As soon as an accusation is made, you show that you are not a racist by believing it. As I was called a racist when I defended its soul. Because apparently only a racist would defend uh, an accused of not being a racist, in fact. Because the accusation alone is already evidence of. It's proof that you are a racist, in fact. I'll show you guys what I mean. And this actually genuinely did peeve me a little. Bale, Samuel, Thanos, it's kind of sad that he's also playing a warlock. Because he could have been a cool guy, but instead he's a fucking dickhead. So, does nobody recall how Akalon mocked the people who brought the lawsuit forward and ridiculed the subsequent efforts to unionize to prevent labor, labor, uh, laboral ish abuse and increase diversity? Is everyone recall capacity limited at what happened in the past expansion? I'm befuddled. There is not a single word in this entire message that is true. And I have video evidence of that. All you need to do is type into YouTube, Akalon Blizzard Lawsuit, and you will see I never ridiculed the, the people that suffered at the hands of the evil cunts that worked at Blizzard during the lawsuit. In fact, I made two or three videos calling out Blizzard's evil, showing people what the fucking people at Blizzard were doing, the evil Alex Afrigiabis of the world, what they were doing. I lost followers because people in my fucking community were going, uh, actually innocent until proven guilty. And I was like, bro, 
How, many, how much more evidence do you need? You have a government department launching investigations. You have hundreds of employees coming out with actual evidence showing what these people had done, and you're still saying innocent until proven guilty. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I don't believe that this is the case. Most of the time, I absolutely agree with that. Innocent until proven guilty. But in this case, I think there is more than enough evidence. And as it turned out, almost everyone that was accused were actually found guilty in the end. Right? Alex Afrishiabi, it came out that he had actually done all the evil shit that he had done. Uh, and, and, you know, absolutely sh probably should have had worse happen to him in the first place. But I have the actual video evidence that I never did any of this. I never uh, did any of this. I never criticized the unionized effort. I simply said I don't like unions. But I didn't criticize it. I said, hey, if they want to unionize, more power to them. In fact, I'm a capitalist. Uh, unions, in my opinion, is a form of capitalism. Workers should be free to unionize if they want to. That is capitalism, freedom for everyone. So I'm fully in favor of unions, even though I don't necessarily like them. I would never argue for them to go away. Um, increase in diversity? No. In fact, I was one of the people that said more diversity can actually be a very good thing. So again, I have video evidence to disprove everything that this fucking guy said, and yet... That does not matter to these people. They believe it regardless. And then the lies just continue. Unless there was a long-winded notes app apology, I missed but doubt. Yeah, there was no apology because I didn't do any of the things that you fucking said I did. Then you have this Themagaman, whatever the fuck he is. Who the fuck is this person? I've never heard of them. And now all of a sudden I'm hearing about them. What an, what an insightful tweet. Lore speculation YouTuber, listen to this, that had a more substantial following until after the lawsuit. That is so not fucking true. <laughs> that is so not true. <laughs> I had a more substantial following. My following is the exact same. <laughs> it's exactly the same. I have the same amount of views in my videos. I have the same amount of people. In fact, my live streams are doing better than what they did before the lawsuit. So none of that is true, but never mind. Right? It goes on. People's memories and attention spans have dropped significantly over the past few years, so it's not much of a surprise this kind of thing happens more often, to be honest. No one does the research. No one looks into it. They just accept it. This is why I say this is a cult. This is a cult. And what makes this cult dangerous isn't because it happened to me. That's not why I'm bringing these people to light. I'm bringing these people to light because of the insane amount of DMs that I have gotten from people that's been burnt in this community. If you're part of the RP community and there is someone that you used to RP with a couple of years ago and they just sort of disappeared off the face of the earth, most likely due to these fucking crazy brown shirts. That's why they're gone. Because this community identifies someone and then they just keep going. They do not stop either until they claim the victim status and then just slowly retreat from the original bullshit or they get the person to completely break down and just leave. But there's so many uh, pieces of evidence about this where I can show you evidence of this guy writing if only that fucking... Look, no, wait, screw that. I'm going to quickly find this because... This is actually important. I want to show you two things, but I can't show you the messages because um, that would reveal stuff that shouldn't be revealed. Um, but I will show you 
Okay. Um, just like this. All right. Take a look at this tweet, right? This is the person that accused me of attacking them. So Dark K-Pop Valera writes, I wasn't really around for a lot of the things, but this whole, I encourage harassment when people accuse me of things and calling people who call out race and Puritans is unhinged, right? All I said to Dark K-Pop was, if you're going to clap first, I'm going to fucking clap back. It's simple as that. If you want to start something, go for it. But I would be more than happy to finish it. I have no problem. And here I am finishing it. Right? So, fuck you. I do. I am like a dog with a fucking bone, bro. If you really get me into a fight, I will go for it. But here we have Zen. Remember, these are the people that say that I send people to bully others. Right? I send people to bully him. His own words, fam. To his inner circle, mark you. Not to the public. So, no one in public actually knows the kind of person this is. But here he is. I really enjoy making fun of stupid people publicly and encouraging others to do the same. It's not just a hobby. It's my passion. This is the kind of people that roam the streets of Twitter. That causes others to lose their joy of the game. Because these people are relentless. This is the kind of DMs that sing to me. This is the kind of DMs that I got. So, Zen Iron Cake, if you ever watch this, I want you to know something. You are not safe, my friend. You are not safe. Your own followers fucking hate you. Can't stand your guts. I've gotten so much on you. Just in the last weekend. By the time this comes out, I'll probably have a lot more on you. So, please, let's go. I could go a couple of rounds with you. Because here's the thing. I have a past, obviously, like everyone else. I'm not ashamed of my past. Did I do stupid things in my past? Of course I did. Have I said things that I am embarrassed about today? Of course, everyone has, right? But I don't hide my past. I learn from my past. I have admitted publicly that I used to be racist when I was very young. And that if it wasn't for my dad, I probably still would be. But my dad was clever enough and smart enough to counter me. And basically pushed me into a corner where none of my bullshit ideas made sense anymore. And then I was forced to admit the fact that, yeah, maybe I am just uninformed and stupid. And young and a fucking moron. I have no problem admitting that. Because it's true. And I'm not going to hide from it. It's what happened. Fuck. What am I going to do about it? But I think you have a lot to hide. Especially since most of who you are is never actually shared publicly. You hide it, and you share it only with your cult. And to everyone that is in this guy's cult, to everyone that unfollowed me over the course of the weekend, uh, due to everything that's happened here with Zen Iron Keg, I want to ask you a huge favor. Please don't follow back. Please do not follow back. I do not need you in my community. I want people in my community that can question, that can think, that's intellectual. I don't want morons. So please stay the fuck away. Be part of your cult. Believe whatever the internet tells you. But do not join my community. Because in my community, I actually want people that can think for themselves. And can go, where is the evidence? Show me the evidence. I'm not just going to believe because you tell me to. So 
Thank you for being here. Thank you for spending whatever amount of time you did with me. But now you can fuck off. I've had enough of you. And with that, we're closing the book on Zing, Iron Keg, and his followers and opening the book on a whole new level of madness in the world of Warcraft sphere. We have to talk about the RP community again. <laughs> now, this time we're going to talk about storytelling. Uh, this is very much up my alley. This is not so much drama. It's more uh, a sort of maybe a wake-up call to some people um, that... that and the only reason that both of these single out the RP community is that it does seem like a lot of the problematic elements within World of Warcraft uh, originate within the RP community. I feel very sorry for people that actually just RP for fun because it, it does appear like you guys have a bunch of real weirdos in your community that seem to take the game just a little bit too seriously. So... <clears throat> Over the last few months, there's been a concerted effort to purge World of Warcraft of what some in the community call problematic tropes. Uh, just yesterday, uh, Asmongold reacted to a video from someone claiming that killing the trolls in... Um, what's the place called again? Stranglethorn? Made them... forced them to take a break because um, of the racism, right? Uh, sort of in that. Which is wild, considering trolls are trolls, right? Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I feel I need to explain to people how stories are written and how stories work. All right, so let's start from the beginning, as every good story does, right? We, we have to start at the beginning. In the beginning of any story, you're going to have different characters within the story. And maybe if it's a good story, you're going to have stories going from, you know, dwarfs, elves, humans, maybe subclasses of humans, subclasses of elves. Basically what you have in World of Warcraft, right? All stories, all great stories start with an idea. And the idea really works, but ideas can only take you so far before you start to sort of a need arises to start relying on what we call tropes in storytelling now allow me to explain why you need tropes tropes can better can be better understood as story hooks you need them in order to pull a community into your story without them your community would feel completely removed from the story they would they wouldn't feel as if there's anything of, of like there's any reason to invest into this community so you require tropes there's a number of ways in which you can go about that there's about nine story tropes worldwide that we've ever found that seems to work with audiences all the time have you ever wondered why every hollywood love story goes the same way have you ever wondered about that why every single Hollywood movie uh, starts with boy meets girl, boy and girl dates, then boy and girl breaks up, and then later on they get back together and now they're married. Because it works. <laughs> Turns out, if you try and tell a love story different to that, the audience just does not really mesh with it. It just doesn't hit 
with the audience. We don't know why. That just seems to be humans seem to be they want that. They 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 want that safety. One such tool is to base characters on known cultures and known religions, as World of Warcraft does. If you look at the Titans, for example, they're very much based on Greek and Roman culture. It, some of the Titans based on Egyptian culture, right? If you look, uh, we have some of the Titan Keepers based on Egyptian culture, based, based on Norse culture. So we have a, a different elements of real cultures within World of Warcraft, and they exist because if you try to come up with something new, number one, most likely wouldn't be able to, because it would be very difficult. But more importantly, it's easy for people to identify with something that they already know. It's much harder to get someone to care about something that they've never heard about. Right? Even if you could come up with a, a culture that doesn't exist anywhere, it, it you know that would be difficult, because people don't know what to think about this, because they've never heard of this before. Now, the same goes for the races in World of Warcraft. With the trolls, for example, Blizzard decided to go for a Haitian voodoo culture, very heavily steeped in Haitian voodoo religion. Why? Because it made sense. It made sense for what they wanted the trolls to be. It's a little bit more lighthearted, a little bit more dancing is very much part of their culture. And so it really fits with the Haitian thing, the theme that they wanted to go for. No, they decided they wanted to make it Haitian. And then that informed everything else about the trolls. But that's where it ended. That's where it ended. It was simply an inspiration. From there, the trolls became its own thing. Why is that necessary? Because how the hell do you create a race? It's not that it's impossible, it can be done. But to create a race from the ground up, using zero real-world inspiration, would take forever. Because you would first have to create a dialect. Now, the dialect usually becomes already pretty much a problem. Because of how the trolls speak, we automatically assume that they must be Haitian, right? There must be some kind of Haitian influence there. Some West Indies, Jamaican, Haitian influence, right? That, that would exist there. Um, imagine if the troll gods were titans. Suddenly it doesn't make a, lot of, a whole lot of sense. Like their whole culture starts to be a bit weird. How would the trolls exist if who they served were titans? Makes no sense, right? So the reason we use the Haitian sort of inspiration is because it fits and it allows us to build the, the race out to where it makes sense to everyone. But Lord Kenyo actually got word there. It's a reference. That's it. Once it's been created, it exists on its own now. It is no longer the same thing. When Blizzard sends you to kill 500 Haitians or 500 Jamaicans, uh, trolls, by the way, they're not sending you to kill Haitians or Jamaicans. Trolls. Stop thinking that they're sending you to kill real people. They're not. They're not. The trolls are not Haitian. They're not Jamaican. They're not West Indian. They're trolls. 
in a fantasy world. Yes, those races and cultures will, were used to reference in order to build the troll culture. But once it, it was established, it's over. It no longer matters. Because Blizzard isn't creating quests thinking, how can we make the Haitians look silly today? No, they're building quests. What can we do with the troll empire? And then you have these people in the RP community that seems to be taking this shit way too seriously. There are genuinely people right now in the RP community that believes that this kind, these kinds of things uh, is, is racism. The Blizzard telling you to go kill a bunch of trolls in Stranglethorn Vale is racism. And not only is it racism for you to kill the trolls and not at least take care of it, or at least keep it in your mind, right, that you are being very racist, which, by the way, they expect you to do. It's more informing on the racism from the developers, the writers. It's the writers that are racist. Do you think the modern-day writers of World of Warcraft, whenever they write a troll story, is thinking, uh, you know, through the eyes of the Haitian or the Jamaican people? Do you truly think that that is what they're trying to do? All it does is showcase your own racism. Your inability to just enjoy the game and instead see everything through the lens of race and, and somehow not realize how incredibly racist that is. It's not how it was meant to be. It's never how it was meant to be. You seeing it that way is creating a massive problem within the WoW community because what are the writers going to have to do next? Like how much of our story is now going to be the writers tiptoeing around this community that just seems to be losing their fucking minds at everything that sort of informs on something that they might think is wrong. And remember what I said earlier to you guys? The accusation is proof enough of your racism. If they accuse you of it, you are automatically guilty of it. I feel very sorry for the writers of World of Warcraft right now. Because they are the ones that's going to have to deal with these people. And it is ridiculous. I see it. I don't know why I keep seeing this pop up on my twi Twitter feed, but it is everywhere. Everything, every day, there is some new RP Twitter guy or girl that finds something new to be outraged by. And for some reason, they seem to have quite a huge effect on the WoW developers. For some reason, whenever these people complain about something, the WoW developers listen. The problem with, the, with this mentality is that eventually there will be no story left to tell without causing upset and outrage in these people because they seem to find racism tropes or racism in every single thing that happens. And it is annoying to me because our story is going to suffer as a result of this. Our story is going to suffer. Uh, because of these people. So, I wanted to highlight that. Just uh, doing my duty as a, a WoW tuber, I guess you could call. Or I guess you could say. Uh, it's important, I think, that, that at least 
to some extent, an eye is kept on that. Um, would you guys like to talk about some actual lore? You know, let's, let's just move away from this bullshit and let's talk about some actual lore that isn't causing all of us to want to kill ourselves, right? Uh, I think that's a good idea. Anyways, I, I really hope that some of the people that have suffered at the hands of this cult uh, know that you are not alone. These people do it to literally everyone. It's not unique. You're not actually bad. You're not a bad person. Uh, these people just do not have the ability to see. They are just more extreme than other people. And I I really wish there was more that I could do for you. I, I wish there, that there was something I could do for you, but sadly I can't because, well, I'm just one guy. So, yeah. If you have any run-ins with these people, just mute them and go on with your life. To all of my own community, I want to ask, do not go after these people. This is a battle that is not worth fighting. And I don't, I don't want to give these people the satisfaction of proving their point even more. Because at the end of the day, when you go after them, you just prove that you are evil and that you are oppressing them or whatever. So don't do it. Just don't waste your time with it. Let's just have fun with actual Valor, right? Okay, so, Sebi, how you doing, bro? I want to show you guys something. It's a little weird. Um, it is a bombshell, FYI. To everyone that's watching this over on podcast land, I'm sorry. If you're watching it on Spotify, there is video on Spotify. You should, should be able to see this. Uh, if you're watching on any of the other podcast uh, places, Sadly, you can't see this, but this is an Aberus, by the way. This is the corpse of Nalfarian. And this is, I think, a little wild. Yeah, this is the Nalfarian that we fight inside Aberus when you kill him. He becomes a faceless one. Now, many people have already sort of started running with this idea that Nalfarian is actually a faceless one and that the real Nalfarian may actually be a faceless one as well. Big shout out, by the way, to Mr. GM for catching this. Uh, really good job to him. Let's explore the different sides of this issue so first let me let me sort of speak to the people that believe that maybe nalfarian may not may not be dead maybe nalfarian is actually a faceless one and the real nalfarian is somewhere maybe locked up somewhere and maybe that's why nalfarian did the things that he did because it was never actually him it's a risky move especially considering what we saw with Shadowlands, where Blizzard sort of tried to reinvent all the things that had happened in Wrath of the Lich King through the eyes of the Zuval now, rather than, you know, as, as it has always been. Uh, so it is risky, and I personally don't think Blizzard should do that, if I'm very honest with you. I, I think it, it's going to backfire, if, if I'm honest. It could happen. I can definitely see a world in which that could happen. But it is far more likely 
that this faceless one is only there, and this is what I believe, to prove or to show just how far Nalfarian had already fallen by the time that Aberus was in full swing. Remember, we've been talking for a while now about how, how corrupt was Nalfarian actually, you know, by the time that the Dragon Isles were closed. So by the time that the Dragon Isles closed itself to the dragons, how far gone was Nalfarian already? You know, uh, was he in the beginning phases of his corruption? Was he already fully corrupt at this point when he did the experiments with the armor to contain the Shadow Flame, uh, with the Shadow Flame? How far along was he? I think this proves that he, he was already well and truly fully corrupt. The fact that he would use a faceless one as his effigy, as his sort of protector of Aberus, suggests that at this point, he had already reached peak corruption. So there is a very real chance that none of the things Deathwing had done, at least in the modern world of World of Warcraft, was Nalvarian. It was all, all God now, Nalfarian. I, I wanted to share this with you guys. It wasn't actually part of tonight's show. It wasn't what I had planned originally. But when Mr. GM dropped this literally before the stream, I thought I, I at least have to show you guys, right? I, I would be remiss if I didn't at least point this out to you guys. Uh, I'll have a think about it a little bit more. And I, I will probably, during the week, come back at you with more speculation theory. I really didn't have a lot of time. Uh, like I said, I literally saw this just before the stream went live. Um, and then retweeted it so that I wouldn't forget. But I will I will have a think on this and I'll, I'll get back to you guys to, as to what exactly I think happens here. Especially since I'll now have the opportunity to play through 10.1 from tomorrow. So I'll be able to actually see what this story is all about and where this story is or is going. So yeah, looking forward to that. Let's get on to the main topic of conversation tonight. It's it's something that, as you guys know, because you've been here for two episodes already, we've been grappling for a bit now uh, with the Morazond timelines, Old Gods, Titans, the whole storyline, mainly because dragonflight is all about that everything about dragonflight is about the old gods the timelines nosdormu morazond and the titans i know that on the surface it looks like everything is about the dragonflights and you'd be forgiven for thinking that but when you really start diving into the stories it's more about the involvement of these outside forces in the Dragonflight story than it is about the Dragonflights themselves. The Dragonflights themselves seem to just serve as a vehicle to get to these other stories. And I do think that that's going to become more clear as the expansion goes on. We're going to start dealing more and more with Old God and Titan threats. I want to talk about the creation of Morazond. How does that happen? And what exactly happens? when Morazond is created, because we know that it's coming, and it's coming faster than what most people might imagine. First, we have to talk about the timelines. What is the timelines? When did it come into creation? How does it operate, and why? Now, 
there's not much that we know about the timelines other than one interview for, with Mr. Steve Denuser, as well as a statement that this, our timeline, the one that we live on on Azeroth, is the true timeline. It's the only thing we know for a fact about the timelines, is that our timeline is the true timeline. We also know that no one may fuck with the true timeline. Nosdormu and the Bronze Dragonflight, even, even Amanthal, they may change and sort of involve themselves in the happenings and the uh, sort of goings-ons of other timelines, but they may not screw with the main timeline. This is why when we went back in time to Draenor, we went to alternate Dra Draenor. It wasn't the Draenor of our past. It was the Draenor of another timeline's past. We could not go back to our Draenor's past. For some reason, this is illegal. We don't know where the timelines come from, what bore all of these timelines, but I always like to look at lore through the lens of why. So whenever I look at the creation of something, I, I try to do the same thing that we do in science, you know, in the real world. We ask the question of why does this thing exist? Because for everything to exist, for something to exist, there must be a reason for its existence. So why would the beings called the first ones or even the clockmaker need multiple timelines? When these multiple timelines tend primarily to create a lot more trouble, especially considering the cycle th that they have. Now, we could argue that the reason for the multiple timelines is more anima, right? Because if you took all of the mortals that exist on our timeline, not just on Azeroth, but literally everywhere, if you took all of those mortals um, and you took all of their anima and then you multiplied all of that anima by, say, 10,000, depending on how many timelines there are, suddenly much more anima. But this sort of kind of a little falls apart with Steve Denuser, right? Where Steve Denuser explains that all of the timelines sort of act as strands within a rope. So if you take a rope, uh, just a normal rope, you'll know that it is made up of little tiny strands, okay? <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is fucking going. Um, <clears throat> you'll know that it's made up of little tiny strands and all of these strands together create the rope. And Steve Denuser said that's what the timelines are. They're all strands within a single rope. And that when you die, if, say you die on this timeline, but you're still alive on the others, your spirit will wait until all of yourselves have died and then they'll all sort of come together and then you'll go to the Shadowlands, at least. That seems to be the explanation, although there's also parts of the lore that seem to suggest that no, you do go to the Shadowlands, your other selves just join you in the Shadowlands and perhaps this is where the main timeline comes in. Which memories will you hold within the afterlife? Well, the memories of the main timeline. So all of the other timelines will be lost to you only the main timeline's memories will prevail. This suggests that 
Yeah, you're confused, Theseus. Try and explain it. <laughs> uh, this would suggest that all of the timelines uh, share an anima pool, so to speak, at least in my opinion, that, that that is possibly what is happening. The anima pool is equal to all of the timelines, so maybe that isn't the answer. So I, I've been thinking long and hard about what is the timelines and why do the timelines exist? And I think I've come up with a connection. I think it's Morazond that created all of the timelines. And that's why Morazond is also hellbent on destroying the timelines that he himself had created. Morazond is the aspect of the infinite dragonflight. In other words, infinite timelines. But they don't operate on an infinite amount of timelines. Instead, they destroy all of the timelines. They, they want to destroy all of the timelines until there is only one timeline left. So I've been seriously question, questioning how all of this plays in into itself. So the original prophecy suggests that Nosdormu, at the, at the moment of his death, Nosdormu will resist dying. And this will lead to the creation of Morazond and the infinite dragonflight. Mark, however, that it never states that Nosdormu dies. It only states that Nosdormu resists death, and as a result, Morazond is born. Up until now, I've been operating under this, this, this belief that Nosdormu ceases to exist and that Morazond is created in his place. So Nosdormu literally becomes Morazond. But what if that is not what happens? What if something were to happen? And we've spoken about this at length, so I'm not going to go into that again. But what if at the moment, the final moment of Nosdormu, he sees Alexstrasza lying there, bleeding out, and uh, the blue dragonfly decimated once again, because why wouldn't we kill all the blue dragons again, right? And he, seems, he sees Rathian and Tabelian and Abyssian. They're all about to die. Everything is about to go to shit. And in that moment, he goes, I understand the price. I understand how dangerous the price or how high the price is. But I cannot let my family die. And Nostormu does the one thing that he is not supposed to do. He rewinds the main timeline. Just a few seconds, maybe an hour, to replay the fight with everything that he now knows the fight will hold within it. What happens when two beings from two different timelines or from two different points on the same timeline suddenly find themselves occupying the exact same space. Alter ego. The darkness is born. Morazond Nostormu. That shatters the timelines. This event, this, these two dragons the with whom which the timelines are interchangeably woven 
suddenly existing in the exact same space on the main timeline shatters the timelines and fractures the, fractures the mind of Nosdormu. Nosdormu is called the aspect of the infinite dragonflight. The timelines, the multiple timelines, is his shattered mind. As he found himself now facing himself, his mind shatters. The timelines are created. Now remember, with beings of time, it doesn't matter where in the timeline the thing happened, right? So we could be, you know, three quarters of the way into the timeline. As soon as the thing happens at this point, it would suddenly be true for all of the timelines. So no matter how far you go back, the timelines are now multiple. Murazond was hasn't been created yet, yet we already know that Murazond exists. Even though Murazond has not been created yet, we know that Murazond already exists. We know that the infant dragonflight already exists, but Murazond has not been created yet. For good reason. Because that's how timey-wimey stuff works. Murazond existed from day one of the universe. Murazond existed even before Nosdormu existed. Because Morazond can travel the timelines. And Morazond is trying to condense, shall we say, all of the different storylines or all of the different timelines back into a singular timeline in order to stave off what he fears most, the Hour of Twilight. He's trying to stop the Hour of Twilight, but instead he's sort of doing, you know, the bidding of the old gods. That would be my estimation for how Nos Mor Morazond is created. Nosdormu does not cease to exist. He simply creates Morazond. Morazond's creation is what creates the timelines or the fractured timelines, and this is where we we are going to be at the end of this expansion. At least, in my opinion. This is where I think we're going to be at the end of this expansion. With the creation of Morazond, and now Nosdormu and the Infinite Dragon... Oh, and the Bronze Dragonflight fighting for their lives against the unleashed Morazond, who can now finally, finally be in our timeline. There's a good chance as well, and this is just absolute hate canon, like most of what I just said. Uh, there's a good chance that the reason we've never seen the actual Morazond in the actual timeline, the only place we've seen Morazond is in, um, I think, two dungeons. The End Time dungeon, and I think there's another dungeon where we deal with Morazond. But both of those dungeons are timey-wimey dungeons, right? Neither of those dungeons are actual on Azeroth dungeons. Maybe the reason we've never seen Morazond in our timeline is because until Morazond's creation in our timeline, Morazond cannot step into our timeline. This is why we often see the infinite dragonflight, but we never see Morazond. Right? Outside of the two dungeons, End Time and I can't remember what the other dungeon was. Um, so there is a chance of that. Being the case, and then with the birth of Morazond, he will now finally be allowed in the main timeline. And this is where we're going to see him completely. The Black Morass, I think it's that, right? I think it's that one. Black Walls. Um, 
Yeah, that's my that's my theory, at least with how Morazond will be created. Uh, I've had a number of people ask me how I think that's going to go. And this, in my opinion, would probably be Blizzard's safest bet. Purely because there, there are a lot of people that are going to be very angry if all of the bronze dragons suddenly become infinite dragons. You see, the problem is... There's a lot of people that like the lore that doesn't necessarily know all of the history of the lore. So there are people that love Nostormu and the Bronze Dragonflight. And they don't necessarily understand the exact story of Nostormu and the Bronze Dragonflight and what will happen to them. For these people, should Nostormu suddenly turn into Morazond and all of the Bronze Dragons turn into the Infinite Flight... A lot of people are going to lose people, uh, you know, characters within the game that they truly cared about. This option allows Blizzard to keep Chromie, keep Nostormu, keep all of the bronze dragons as they are. But now each of those bronze dragons have their evil alter ego. And the war kicks off in that. I, I think it opens a few more avenues for storytelling. It, it, it's not as limiting because you're not losing a character. You're simply gaining a character. And overall, I think it could be very interesting to explore the storylines in that way. So that's my prediction. That's what I think is going to happen. Now to the obvious question that would almost immediately come from said conversation. What about Amanthal? He's a titan. He's the titan that has power over the timeways. Why would he do that? Knowing what will happen to the timelines, right? Why would he do that? To that, I would argue, the Titans' biggest weakness have always been order. Has always been their sort of creation, the, the way they think about things. The Titans view every problem of our world through the lens of order, right? That's all they're here to do, is to create these pockets of order and to ensure that no chaos reigns. I have another theory that I'll quickly share with you guys. Um, Azeroth? A Azeroth is already corrupted, but Azeroth is also not corrupted. Like, Azeroth cannot be corrupted. And, and the reason I say that, we go back to the story of the Brokers, right? And the Brokers wrote that they see two forces then three then six and from the six they see a seventh force now the question the brokers had was did the six forces come out of the seventh force so was the seventh force actually the first force or is the seventh force a fractal of the six meaning of all six so the seventh force is is part of all six forces it's a fractal of the six um i believe that that is exactly what azeroth is azeroth as a titan is infused with the power of each of the cosmological forces azeroth is part light part void part disorder part order part life part death azeroth is the the sum of all the parts 
This is why the war has consistently been waged around Azeroth. This is why Zuval attacked Azeroth. This is why Sargeras had attacked Azeroth. This is why everyone keeps attacking Azeroth. Because the Titans want Azeroth to remain asleep. Because while Azeroth is asleep, the cycle continues as they set the cycle up to continue. There's another theory that I'm working on right now where I actually believe the Titans, the Order, Light, and Life made a deal that excluded all of the others. And with that deal, they subjugated death into accepting, let's say, a lesser deal. Uh, So death has been completely subjugated. Life, Order, and Life work together to basically exclude all the other forces from the game. And this may actually explain why there's been such a war over Azeroth, because Zuval wants the power of Azeroth to dominate the whole universe into stopping the Void from taking control. The Void wants to free Azeroth to destroy the current system so that balance can be uh, restored within it, because the Void understands the concept they will return to the masters in time everyone flows from azeroth and into azeroth in the end azeroth is the start of all things azeroth is the end of all things that's my sort of throwaway theory at the minute i'm I'm still working on that one (laughs) as you can tell There's still much that I need to discuss there and much that I need to sort of grapple with because, yeah, there there is still a lot that I think um, I have not figured out yet with that theory. There's still holes that definitely need plugging, but it makes sense, which is usually where I start with my theories. I come up with a theory, and it's not as if I sit and I go, right, I need a theory. It, It usually comes with, like, very randomly, so... This theory, if I remember correctly, started while I was making coffee. I was literally standing in my kitchen. I was making coffee and uh, I was vaping. And uh, I just suddenly thought to myself, what if Azeroth really is the center point of everything? What if everything is about Azeroth? So we're, we're sort of getting distracted with all of these extra things. So all of the wars that we see, the, you know, the fact that we went to the Shadowlands and the fact that the demons attacked us and the fact that the, the Void hates the demons and whatever. What if all of this is simply distractions from the main focus, which is Azeroth? She is everything. The dream is where life creates itself. It's Azeroth's dream, and it is everywhere. It flows everywhere. It would make sense why everyone seems so hellbent on coming to Azeroth the whole fucking time, right? Uh, They seem to attack Azeroth far more often than they attack literally everywhere else. So, yeah. uh, (laughs) I come up with these theories, I just start thinking about them. And then I usually start looking for evidence to either prove or disprove the point and then you know follow that evidence to some kind of logical conclusion uh whatever that logical conclusion might be um 
sadly, a lot of the theories I have these days... Man, I, I miss the days of Legion. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Not because I thought the Legion storyline was better than the Shadowlands. Uh, no, the Legion storyline was definitely better than the Shadowlands one. But then the Dragonflight one, because I do actually like Dragonflight. But Legion storyline was so much more simple. It, like, th there were actual evidence for a lot of the storylines and for a lot for a lot of the speculations. Uh, were, nowadays, it seems like Blizzard have really caught on and they've started to make the speculations a lot harder. Um, just because we're dealing with so many more threats now than what we've ever dealt with before, it, become, it becomes a little bit harder to sort of, I guess, align my theories. Anyways, uh, that's going to be it for the show show. Um, tonight, I'm still going to hang out with you guys after this. I'm just going to re-end end the recording now. Uh, so we'll, we'll hang out for a bit more and we'll actually have a chat. I'll thank all of the people that subbed and so on and so forth. If you enjoyed this, please remember to follow if you're watching on any of the podcast channels. Um, you know, yeah, please follow. Uh, hit a like. Also come over to Twitch or YouTube uh, to watch us live. And uh, again, I apologize for the crazy internet problems. It happens and there's literally nothing I can do about it uh, until they fix it, of course. But I really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Take care of yourselves. Peace.